you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. Um, I want to make sure your mic is loud enough. I I sound louder than you. Okay. But uh, that's kind of... Oh, did you turn me down? That's kind of always the case, though. Anyway, (laughs) I feel like I always sound louder than you. We are broadcasting uh, live from Mount Hope Church in Lansing, Michigan. That's pretty live here. We are a part of the Inch Homeschooling Conference, the Inspirational Networking Conference for Homeschoolers. It's hosted by the uh, Michigan Homeschooling Association here in Michigan, the statewide association. Um, and we're excited to be here. This year's theme is Teach Me to Walk in Truth. Teach Me to Walk in Truth. Mm. And that's exactly what we've um, been doing this morning, yeah. <laughs> encouraging parents and encouraging leaders. We started off the morning talking to a group of uh, leaders in the homeschooling community here in Michigan. Um, they had some of their state representatives here. And man, I was so encouraged by some of these representatives who are unapologetically sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ and um, just doing an incredible work uh, in the state. And so we had an opportunity to be uh, a part of that, to not only learn from some of those legislators uh, and what they're doing in the state of Michigan, but to also encourage these leaders to continue on in truth, to continue encouraging leaders to lead. And one of the things, and I wanted to get your take on this, one of the things that I um, hoped would be an encouragement this morning was the reminder that leaders mm-hmm. need leaders. Yes, it, yes, definitely. And it was an encouragement to, to see the leaders that, that were there and also to hear from uh, some of the people in office that came, like the, the, uh, the legislators and stuff yes. like that, you know, that are standing uh, for God. Yes. You know, in the midst of what we know is, is truly corrupt times, you know, um, it was just, a to me, it was encouraging to see the things that we talk about, even in uh, Mississippi, uh, man, it's, it's happening here as well. And I know there's a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of people who want to stand against, you know, homeschooling, different things like that, uh, that, that have certain agendas for our children. Yeah. But to see lawmakers who are standing for truth was just encouraging. Yeah, it was. I, I, I got to say, you know, there, there are some moments there where you just think, and it's not fair. You wouldn't want to take all of the solidly... <laughs> God-fearing lawmakers and move them to one state because right. that would just totally kick out of balance all the rest of the states. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so you wouldn't want to do that. No. But there are moments that you look around and you're just like, okay, wait, they're really serious. Yeah. You yeah. know, and man, if we could couple them with other people who are really serious, then we would see some well, different things. Well, we just things. need to bring that everywhere. Multiply. That's exactly you know? right. One of the ways that I say we do it is by growing disciples. Right in your home. Right in your home. Yeah, I think, I want to tell you, listen, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this, and I know that people think that it's overly simplistic. I recognize that people think, um, you know, no, there's got to be more. But I am convinced that the kinds of lawmakers that we admire, the kinds of lawmakers who are really making a difference 
uh, in this country, and I mean making an eternal difference, they didn't just pop up overnight. That these people were grown, if right. you will. Right. You know what I mean? That these people have a conviction that's the result of being with the Lord Jesus. Because you imagine the immense pressure that's on lawmakers today. Oh, in fact, we're gonna, we've got a story that we want to talk about. But um, you imagine the immense pressure. Right. And you imagine that people who begin with conviction very quickly lose that conviction right. when there is the fear of men. Right. And so where where do you learn not to fear man in God's word? And and where do you presume or where do you hope that the beginning of this knowledge happens inside our homes, That's that right. we are doing this with our kids? And so what we are here um, trying to encourage families in is something that we say to our listeners all the time, that the word of God is the straight edge. Yeah. And if we are going to filter this culture, if we're going to live in this culture, everything that happens, everything that goes on, must be filtered through a biblical lens. That's yeah. the only way that we can be consistent um, in what we proclaim right. because the Bible is consistent, right? right. And right. that's the assurance that we have that the Bible, the Word of God, is consistent. You said, you said something. I'm thinking about the lawmakers, the ones who are standing for Christ. You know, they still are in that swampy area. Yes. You know? They're still in that swampy area. And so the, the thing is, <laughs> they are trying to, like, navigate living for God while being... In a swamp, yeah. you know? And so, man, I think they need prayer. You got to pray for them. We have to uh, be, uh, you know, just mindful that these people are going day to day and they're, they're dealing with things that, man, we can only imagine. That's right. I just want to say here, I did not turn the camera for our for our family who's viewing online. <laughs> we are man, in, in a, a rowdy place. highly, highly trafficked area here. And, um, and so somebody just walked by. <laughs> Bless their heart, and it's, and and it's it's like it's like the old DJs. Don't bump the table, <laughs> you know. The record begin to scratch. I just, like, I just want to say, the there there are moments where <laughs> there are moments where <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah. There's a little bit of um, this is behind the scenes, right? Whenever we do on location broadcasts, <laughs> I love it. We do on on location broadcasts. There's always. There's the adventure of like not knowing what's going to happen, which is kind of cool, right? Because yeah. we get to talk to people, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Let them know about the work that we're doing. Um, but just before we went to air, I just want to say, before we went to air, there was sort of like these, just a little trickle of people here and there. And, you know, just a little bit. But as soon as it was like air in the Addison's, it was like, it was like the floodwaters like just <laughs> poured in. Yeah. And I'm, I saw a kid with, like, pots and pans. No, I'm kidding. That's not. <laughs> oh, so I didn't see him. <laughs> no, yeah. he, he was not here. Um, but it just exploded with busyness. And so, I mean, that's yeah. cool. See, we got we got guys moving tables. You're probably going to bump the uh, camera again. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> they, they got skills. That's though. good. They, they just, it was a great pivot. They, yeah. They, yeah. they were able to turn on a dime. Um, okay, so we were talking this morning about the points of cultural contact, right. and um, it was a presentation that I was asked to give to leaders, those who influence other leaders in their state homeschooling association. Um, of course, as we mentioned previously, there were um, legislators from Michigan who yeah. are God-fearing legislators. I mean, yeah. I was just, I was really enamored by what yeah. I heard coming from them, oh, yeah. just sold out, truly love Jesus. But also they were warning parents about what is happening in Michigan, what's on the horizon, and then when they can expect to feel it. Right. And I think that's something that we probably don't talk enough about, right. like what it is to um, have spiritual conviction, but then also to be engaged in the culture and knowing how to operate, including how to cast your vote. 
Yeah, yeah. All of that is, is important. And sometimes we think like, okay, well, if we don't have to be that involved, just, you know, just focus on the home. No, no, it takes a well-rounded involvement. You know, the things that we can do to encourage the politicians, the things that we can do to contact yeah. legislators and stuff like that matters. Yeah, it really know? does. And and I've got to say, I think what happens is we kind of get out of, out of whack and we swing to one side or the other. Right. But if we could find a way, if we could find a way to be faithful to what the Lord has called us to be faithful to in all areas, yeah. we probably would be more effective. And, and I would say this, it begins with our relationship with the Lord. Yeah, like, that's right. I'm not, which we can't discount the other stuff, but it, it does not override. Sometimes what happens is that it, it, it becomes easier to just fight on a certain plane. We're like, we, we can do this, we can do that. No, it starts with our relationship with God. And out of that, we are energized to do other things, mm -hmm. you know, and we have to have that priority first. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at and talking about this, uh, I would say on several occasions, looking at the moves to rob parents mm. of their right and their God-given responsibility to parent their children. One of the ways that we see this happening is by keeping parents in the dark about yeah. what's going on with their children, which, again, is why I push and why I encourage parents to make sure if you've got your kid being educated outside of your home, you have no choice but to be that parent. <laughs> like, you know, there was a time when people right. were like, I don't want to be that parent. No, you really don't have a choice. You need to be that parent. You need to know exactly what's going on. And I think waking up to the realization that we live in a space and we live in a time where it's not just sort of like a, um, an oversight yeah. that parents don't know. It is intentional that parents don't know what's going on with their children. Man, and if you're not that parent and if you haven't been that parent, man, they're ready to swallow up yes. your, your, your children. That's exactly you know, right. It, there's no question about it now. There's no not, no lax that can be had. You can't be laxed. That's right. what I'm trying to say. You have to have that vigilance because if not, man, the enemy will just seize on that. Yeah. And so that's, I think the realization of that, you know, when we talk about these things, when parents hear this, I think there's a light bulb that goes off. Yes. It's like, okay, man. And you can see areas where I need to be more, you know, uh, just on it, you know? I'll tell you what I see. Like, as as we are on location a number of different places, um, yeah. next week we will be down in Orlando. But specifically when we are at homeschooling conferences and homeschooling conventions, one of the things that really jumps out at me is the number of children that are flooding through at any given time as we're, we're, we're walking through with our own children, right? Yeah. But, but there are children flooding through. And one of the things that really strikes me is that when you look at those children mm -hmm. and you try to imagine what, or not imagine because the Bible is very clear, mm -hmm. but you recall what God's expectations are mm -hmm. of parents. Yeah. Like what is it that God expects parents to do? Well, God expects parents to make him known to their children. Amen. And so it's just a visible reminder when you see kids flooding through and you think, man, we can't keep dropping the ball on this. We've got to ready our kids to live in this culture. And again, we say this often, and I know that it's kind of alarming, but it's we're not raising them to live in Mayberry because I, right. I just can't see us going back to that. It's yeah. raising them to live in the type of environment that we actually live in now, yeah. which a lot of people, and I don't think this is overused, but mm -hmm. a lot of people we'll call it a type of Babylon. Yeah. I mean, when you think about what is happening in our society today, yeah. that is normal. Yeah. That just, you know, three weeks ago, and I'm saying three <laughs> weeks for exaggeration here, but what I'm saying is it didn't take long for us to get here. Right. I mean, this is very similar to the type of wickedness that is overwhelming, that yeah. you would lament and that you would mourn that it's happening. Yeah. But it's normal, not, not just in adult 
context, but in the context of children. Yeah, you know, when you say that, that we're not in Mayberry uh, and we shouldn't, you know, carry ourselves that way. Yeah. I, when you say that, I can see the light bulb going off in people's minds. Yeah, they, they're like, a, oh, like, <laughs> man, right. she's right. That's you right. You know, I, I saw that this morning. You mentioned that, you know, it's not the nickel Coca-Cola's anymore. No, we're not that's going right. back to that. Nope, two ninety nine. Two ninety nine, and people really get that. And they're like, "Man, she's right," and I need to make sure that I'm discipling like we're living in a different. That's place. exactly right. You know, I'll tell you, I was sharing with um, uh, a lady after my talk this morning, and I said, "Can I just let? I'm, I'm going to let you in on one of my secrets. It's actually a little more, and it's not a secret anymore. All right, yeah. to the nation, it's a little more difficult. I find." to talk to homeschooling parents about some of the issues that are out there than when I go into other arenas to talk about what's going on in the culture and to encourage parents to fortify their kids. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because I almost feel like there there are a couple things that are at play here. Mm. I feel like some homeschooling parents feel like that's the end. I homeschool, and so I'm done, right? That's it. Like, that's right. it. And, and, and so, well, th- those things aren't happening in my home, mm. and I don't have to worry about that. Right. And that concerns me, right? Because what I've got to do is I've got to upset that safety. Right. Okay? You've right. made a great decision, but now I've got I've to push you to go a step further and say, you got to culture-proof your kid. you got to prepare your kid to live in the world. Here's what your kid's counterparts are being taught. Yeah. Here's what their contemporaries are being taught. And here are the people that they are going to work alongside. You can't expect them to just go out, thrown out there, unaware. And then here's the other thing. The other side of that is I've also got to um, present to parents, homeschooling parents, the reality that you do yourself a disservice if you believe that the culture is not finding ways to seep into your home. Because it's everywhere, because we are awash in sin and in wickedness. And so we can't be caught off guard. And in, you know, many instances when I'm talking to the homeschooling community, I find that I've got to, in some instances, alert them to things that it's like, oh, my goodness, how can anyone do this? But at the same time, it's alerting them with the purpose of saying, and so this is what your kids are facing. This is what they will face increasingly as adults. And so anyway, I just, you know, teach me to walk in truth. That's the aim. That's the mission. And I I hope that it's an encouragement as we're here. We'll be here today and we'll be here tomorrow speaking quite a bit. And my hope, my desire is that parents not see homeschooling as the end, Mm -hmm. um, but see it as a means, (laughs) a tool that they are using for the glory of God to disciple and to train their children. And that, um, I guess, broadly speaking, that parents will take up that mantle to pass on the truth of the knowledge of who God is to their offspring. This is Aaron the Addisons. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We are broadcasting live and direct from Lansing, Michigan. This is our first time in Michigan ever. 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 So this is one of those moments where all of us, all of the Addison clan are sort of like um, putting this pin in the map here for, for all of us that we've been 
to the state of Michigan. We are at Inch 2023, the Inspirational Networking Conference for Homeschoolers. And um, we're excited to be here, excited to have the opportunity to encourage and be encouraged um, by other families who have made the decision to educate their kids at home. But as always, with everything that we do, you know this because you listen on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, we want to go a step further. We don't want to just educate our kids at home. It has to be more. Like we, we want to disciple them. We want to rear them to know the Lord. We want them to be bold witnesses for Jesus Christ. We want them to pass the gospel on to their children, to right. their posterity, right. intact. And that doesn't happen just because we teach them math at home. Right. That's not the goal. And I think sometimes that becomes a false security that we have. Um, I love this year's conference theme, Teach Me to Walk in Truth. Yeah. One of the things, and you tell me what you thought about when you heard this this morning, as we were in a leadership um, summit or a leadership portion of this conference, um, there was the mention of the increase of non-religious homeschoolers and how that has really changed. It started changing before COVID, but it's really accelerated post-COVID that people are homeschooling increasingly for non-religious reasons. And so then homeschooling organizations all around the country are sort of going through a makeover in that now there are more and more families who are affiliating with them that are not Christian and so do not have as their motivation a Christian conviction for yeah. homeschooling. Yeah, I think it's opportunity. There's a great opportunity opportunity there to reach out. You know, yes. like so what should not happen is that the Christians lose their distinction and why they homeschool. Yes. You know, they shouldn't lose the, the edge of discipleship as being a primary reason for it. Mm-hmm. But what should happen is outreach. You know, how can we uh, uh, reach out to those who don't know Christ? Yes. You know, in a way to be helpful to them as they start this journey. You know, this this may be something they did just because they saw what was happening in the schools. Because yes. Of COVID. Things like critical race theory yeah. and things like the sexual indoctrination. Exactly. Yes. So how can Christians take this and say, man, we want to, even in this realm and this arena, win the loss to Christ. And yeah. So it's an opportunity. It is an opportunity. And I got to tell you, it's one that I hope Christian parents take. Yeah. And, and I just, and because here's what I have observed, and I'd like to get your take on this. What I have observed is that whenever the world gets involved in what Christians are doing, we somehow believe that that is like a stamp or a seal of approval. We think, okay, we are on the right track because, look, even the world is doing this. Even the world is adopting um, our our methods for educating our kids. And so we then say, okay, well, we want to make sure that we keep this space friendly for them. Like so, that's so, so up. then we start. If that's where we mess up, we start yeah. to water down that conviction. Yeah. And, and my hope and my prayer, and as long as I'm encouraging and speaking to homeschoolers, will be to remember the reason. Yeah. Why? Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? And yeah. if you are doing what you're doing just because you want to teach math at home, um, I would say you need stronger conviction. Yeah. Yeah. That could, and the, the conviction you started off with should not change. Based upon now we have some a different group of people. Yeah. You know, see it as an opportunity. That's that's the thing I really feel that if that's not missed, then it's a it's a victory. Yeah. You know? Because there are more people who are homeschooling for various reasons. Yes. But man, why not use that and say, man, look at Christ. You I, know. I had a mom walk up to me after this morning's presentation. It was the first yeah. presentation that we've done so far, and um, she talked about how the Lord had really stirred her heart to um, 
lead some of the homeschooling moms in the different co-ops across her state because one of the things that she's noticed in her own co-op and just in networking is that a lot of the co-ops are sort of um, observing that there are more families coming in for reasons that are not related to Christian conviction. Yeah. And one of the things that she said she was concerned about was that instead of the response being, here are our standards, we adhere to a biblical worldview, she was concerned because the responses have been, how do we create a space where they feel welcomed here? How do we create a space where they feel like they belong in this particular co-op? And of course, we want to love people. Yeah. And of course, we want to do those things that are honoring to the Lord Jesus. But that does not mean the absence of truth. And we think, okay, we say this enough that people really understand this, but we really show if that's a conviction of ours when we're put in a situation where a person kind of threatens, you know, where we have once stood on an issue. But now we've got to decide, well, do I tell the truth and risk this person not wanting to affiliate or or do I soften it so that we can continue to have a strong presence or a strong show in the homeschooling community? Well, I think churches tried to do that. Come on. And look at what happened. Yeah. You know, it was called the the seeker sensitive. That's exactly right, movement. Oh, man. So yeah. there should not be a seeker sensitive movement within the homeschooling movement. Yeah. If, if it started off where families were really seeking how to disciple their their children in the home and education, yeah, they want to educate as well. Mm-hmm. You know, man, it should stay that way. But when you when you try to go seeker friendly. Down the line, Mm -hmm. you get certain results that you didn't want. Yeah, exactly right. Look, and that's why I'm excited. So we are here. It's the Michigan Christian Homeschool Network that is hosting the Inch Conference, and it's at Mount Hope Church. Yes. Okay. So (laughs) I I just, I'm like, you know, okay, so if there's any question. Right. About where people stand and about where we are, where our convictions are, then you can learn a lot from a name and then the way people also operate. But I think going forward, especially as people are looking at, because here's the thing, and and I remember this when we, in the early days of doing the Target boycott, Mm -hmm. I remember doing interviews around that and encountering people. I was invited to be a part of a secular radio interview where going in, the man said, look, I don't share your faith. And of course, because it's Miki, I said, and that's tragic. Like, you know, I mean, and I'm sad for you that you don't. Because people say that and they want you to just be like, oh, that's okay. No, do you understand what I believe? Right. It's not okay. (laughs) Like, you know, anyway. And so, but his point was, he said, I I don't share your religious conviction. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm not a man of faith like that. He said, but it is frightening to me to think that my daughter would be in a dressing room and a man would walk in just because of how he chooses to identify and so he was on yeah. board with signing the Target boycott, right. not from religious conviction, <laughs> right. but because just common sense says, no, you don't put men in girls' bathrooms or changing rooms. Yeah, see, that was the issue that, that crossed all lines. Yes, like, exactly wait, right. On, you know, And yeah. so I use that illustration yeah. to say that we have kind of turned the corner on that right. in the homeschooling movement. Right, right. There are certain issues that cross all lines. All lines. Yeah, and right. so increasingly what you find is a growing acceptance of homeschooling right like gone are the days where it's like oh there go the homeschoolers yeah like now it's just sort of like an option in education right and people are taking that option because they want to protect their kids right the problem is if we forget the christian conviction at least for those for whom it's true 
if you forget the Christian conviction that underpins the reason why you educate at home, then you just become a different form of education. That's right. And that's, that's not the point. Right. It's not the point at all. Again, the point is that you have a, a, the, the time factor yes. where you're able to make disciples. For that's the right. Christian, for the Christian. You know, you, you have the time factor because now you are training them in righteousness. You are, as well as the school and, and you know, the educational piece in, in math and, and reading. All, that all kind of, of those stuff. things are important. But at the same time, you are shaping your children. That's right. Whereas when you have them in that other environment, they're being shaped. That's right. And then That's come right. home, you know, saying and doing things. You're that you erasing didn't. things, trying exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, we have to keep the mission at, at the at the core. Yeah. You know? So that, yeah. That's something that is increasingly um, burdening my heart that I, I want to make sure to communicate. And I want to communicate that with the, the greatest amount of conviction that if you are a Bible-believing Christian yeah. and you see things going on with your children, that you don't go for the safe response to the culture, right? And the safe response to the culture would be those things that, oh, can we all find common ground here? And then we try to run to the common ground. Well, you know, I'm going to stand on what historically is not the common ground, right? Like this is the narrow way. So this is not going to be the ground where many people are standing. And it is my conviction that Christ must be known and that Christ must be formed in my children. They must be shaped in my children. And we accomplish that through educating them and discipling them at home. Therefore, we are not being competed against by a culture that is hostile to truth. Right. And we're carrying on what God has set forth for his church to do. This is the way that I was talking about this morning that the gospel is supposed to Amen. make it to the next generation. That's right. You know, just That's like exactly the, the, right. the people of Israel. He told them to rehearse these commandments in front of your children. Yes. But they had to be in your heart first. That's right. Then you can teach them diligently. Mm. You know, and, and the thing is, this is the opportunity. This is how we carry the faith on. And if we miss that then that's where you have the breakages. Yes. That's where you have the gaps. That's right. You know, and that's like, right. what happened to this yes. generation? Well, they failed to uh, make God known in that generation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in the home. Yes. Not in Sunday school or youth group, yes. but in the home. And so that's a very important piece. That's right. And, you know, to your point there, when you do have those breaks, when you do have those gaps, um, the children usually do not go back to the faith of the previous generation. They just kind of work from there. So this is how you explain the decline of religiosity in America. Like, where did America lose religion? Well, one generation at a time. Yeah. One family at a time. One family just saying, well, we don't need to do all of that. It doesn't take all of that. Right. And then we find ourselves in a place that is really unrecognizable. Uh. I mean, you would not. Anyway, it's just unrecognizable. And and how did we get here one generation at a time? You can lose a lot in a generation. Absolutely. I was thinking about Joshua when he, when he died. Oh, come on. And then there's, there arose a, a generation that did not know. That's like, right. And you would say, how did they not know all these things, these miracles that God performed on behalf mm-hmm. of the people? Mm-hmm. Man, it, it don't take long. Yeah, it's know? interesting because in the, in the biblical account there, it's like when Joshua and all of the elders who served him yes. died, there arose a generation that did not know the Lord and all that he had done. And so I think what we often overlook or we take for granted is that there had to have been decline happening in that time, in the time where you have the elders who are still here. There had to be that sort of like, "Hmm, maybe we won't do this. Maybe we won't do that because you don't just have that kind of decline. Right. It's not just a free fall that's happening. So 
Yeah. Anyway, um, this article I wanted to share. I thought that this was um, just astounding to me in a time where there's so much information that is coming out that is revealing the harm that is being done to children. You would think that increasingly you would see states moving more and more to protect children. Yeah. Um, that's not what you see, though, although you see quite a few. And, and I want to make sure to to um, acknowledge those states. But this is from Vermont. Vermont has become the latest state to establish itself as a haven for abortions and body mutilating sex change procedures for children and teens. This is astounding to me. Also taking into consideration that Vermont has a Republican governor, Phil Scott. He signed H89 and S37 into law uh, on May the 10th. In a statement, Scott characterized the passage of the bills as evidence that, quote, Vermont stands on the side of privacy personal autonomy and reproductive liberty and and, uh, which again which again (laughs) this this is why we should not (laughs) give halos to people just because they have certain titles and certain descriptions and and you know letters behind their names okay um to me this is just absolutely astounding but again here's what he said um, this is evidence that, quote, Vermont stands on the side of privacy, personal autonomy and reproductive liberty, and that providers are free to practice without fear. Wow. This this is amazing to me. Um, the twisting of definitions. Right. The yeah. twist, the twisting of what it means to have personal autonomy. Right. So, yes, we have the rights over our bodies, but not to do what is wrong. Mm. Not to do what is wrong. Mm. So, and you think about this in the in the area of children. There are just certain things that we do not allow children to do because we recognize that they are too young to understand the far-reaching consequences of their so-called choices. Yeah. So, this is not thinking in in the direction of protecting children. This is really thinking in the direction of big pharma. <laughs> this is thinking in the direction of radical ideology. We talked yeah. about this earlier in the week. Right. Like what we see happening in our country is egregious. Like it's it's one of those things that y- y- you want to say something is sinful. It, it is either sinful or it's not. But when I see things like this, I go, it's so sinful. <laughs> it is it is so, so yeah. astoundingly sinful. Man. Right. Scott's approval wow. of H89 establishes a so-called gender affirming health care service, gender affirming health care service and reproductive health services as legally protected health care activities. So so also legitimizing this, the mute. OK, mutil. That's unnecessary. Mutilating, <laughs> mutilating children's bodies now established as a legitimate form of health care. Wow. This is what Vermont is saying. Uh, health care activities follow its passage by uh, a Democrat controlled state house and a 130 to 13 vote. And it's approval by the Democrat controlled state Senate in a 26 to four vote. I mean, it's just, you know, it's awful to me to consider that when you've got other states who are showing the type of boldness and the type of resolve, showing the type of boldness and the type of resolve to protect children, that you have this as an example. Right. You have this as an example. And and yet, though, the wickedness is so strong in some areas that even as you have bold lawmakers, as you have bold leaders of states who are doing the incredible work, the heavy lifting, and, and this article mentions them, states like Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, of course, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, and our state, Mississippi, 
Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. These are the states that are protecting children, saying that children are too young to decide that they want to receive destructive hormone replacement therapy, that they are too young to decide that they want to have healthy body parts removed. They are protecting children, and yet here you have Vermont saying, no, we're not going to protect children. It's just tragic to me. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Where else can I go? Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening and coming along with us as we broadcast from many different locations uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, we are now in Lansing, Michigan. First time in Michigan, and we're really excited about that. We get to put the pin on the map. Yeah. And uh, we're in the Mitten State. Another place we've been. Another because, place. Of, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Why? Why? Why is it? Because we. Huh? Are made, why? Why is that a thing? That's just a thing, right? Like we. I've, yeah. It's a thing for people, like yeah. in general. It's, but Here's where I've traveled. Here's where I've been. <laughs> I don't. I don't I think, know why. Well, I think that's cool. Cause Isn't you can, it? Yeah, okay. I think it's cool because you can say I've been to that I've place. I've been here. Yeah. yeah. So we. So as a family, people know that I collect mugs, which I've, you know, the kids, the the girls have said I can't, I can't collect anymore, because they don't have yeah. anywhere to put them. So, the, <laughs> so when you're, and I and I receive that because they have. It's the, an overflow now. The, right. And and I understand. So I I respect that. And in fact, I was in, we are at, we are in Mount Hope Church and they have like a cafe inside this church. It's an incredible building here, incredible facility. And they sell mugs. They, there, there were oh. mugs. And I, you know, I just, it's how I remember the places I've been. And yeah. I showed an incredible amount of restraint. I was like, okay, nah, thanks. Just the, I'll just take the, <laughs> you know, but I can't, I'm not allowed to get any more mugs. But as a family, we, we collect magnets. We do magnets yeah. of the places that we I used we've to been. collect hats, remember? And which again, overkill. Oh, yeah. And don't have any more. Too any, many. That's, <laughs> we need to. You're like, Will, you only got one head. Can we, can we, <laughs> can we collect anything smaller <laughs> that we can travel with? So yeah. not mugs. I think the magnets are the thing now, right? And so magnets, we just put the work. magnets where, so we got to find a place to get a magnet. Yeah. Uh, proving that we've been to Michigan. If we don't get a magnet, we didn't come here. It did not. It <laughs> oh, did no, not we're happen. here. But we are here. <laughs> Michigan here. Christian Homeschool Network uh, hosting the Inch Conference. It's a homeschooling conference for homeschoolers all across the great state of Michigan, and yeah. we're excited to be here. Uh, the theme of the conference is Teach Me to Walk in Truth. Man, and I love that because it is unapologetically Man, it, <laughs> biblical. <laughs> it is, and there's a lack of truth being told today. Oh my goodness! I mean, there's so many lies. Okay, so so what a, what a great setup here for this story that I wanted to share with our listeners. Okay. Um, an Indiana school district violated a guidance counselor's right to free speech by retaliating against and ultimately firing her for saying parents should know about their teenage children's interest in transitioning to the opposite sex. Now. She got fired. She. This is what she's arguing, and she has filed a lawsuit okay. um, against the school district. And and so here, I'll, I'll give you just a little more background. And it's so interesting because you've got this guidance counselor who is saying that is saying that she was forced to lie to parents, that she was forced to lie to parents, and she couldn't continue on doing that. Alliance Defending Freedom, 
a law firm that protects religious liberty and represents veteran high school counselor Kathy McCord said in the lawsuit that South Madison Community School Corporation in Pendleton, Indiana, had no authority to tell McCord who she may speak to after hours and off school property. Now, that's very interesting, right? ADF also contends that McCord's religious rights as a Christian were trampled by the South Madison School District, specifically her closely held value that parents should be involved in important decisions regarding their children. Now, let's pause for a second. I'm going to go back to this story, but let's pause for a second. and Let's think about the conversation we're having. May a guidance counselor tell parents about life altering decisions their children desire to make? That's the question. Like, do we want guidance counselors to tell parents when a child goes into his or her office and suggests, hey, I think I've been born in, born in the wrong body. Yes, tell I've parents. got some new pronouns that I want you all to start using. But but think about the, the culture that we live in well, they don't want you to that tell. says, no, no they don't need to know. you may not do that. Right. All right. Back to this article. According to McCord, quote, I would like to have my job back. I would like to go to school, she says, but I just don't want this to happen to anyone else. It's terrible what they're doing to parents. And she says she wasn't ready to retire, that she'd like to go back to work. But the bigger goal here is that they would not be able to continue deceiving parents. Right. Now, think about that. What what startles me about these instances is that these are the ones that we read about. Yeah, yeah. These are the ones that we learn so about. You know but every single day, more. what's happening? Yeah. As our kids are being misled, but then parents are being kept out of that decision making. Like our kids are being taught things, they're being peddled things, they're being pushed things during school instructional time, and the parents don't know. But what's worse than that is that they're not allowed to know. They're not allowed to know. Right. Right. I mean, think about that deception. That, 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 and that's alarming when you, when you think about that because what, again, is happening is they're trying to wrestle the authority away from parents. There's a reason why they don't want parents to know because parents will not approve and accept that. Yes, you yes. Know? And they, they want a, 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 the least amount of resistance as possible. That's right. So it would make sense for their side for don't tell the parents. Uh, let's just do this under the guise of we know what's best as the school or as, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's, it's a direct attack on the authority of parents that God has given parents. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think about the subtle ways that this happens in schools with our kids, that the, there is an attack on truth. I was reading an article recently um, where there was a teacher who came under fire because one of the parents was upset that she showed the movie Strange New World. And, you know, that movie, my goodness, made all kinds of headlines because of its first openly homosexual teenage character. And so you've got to imagine that there's a little bit of indoctrination attached to that. Yeah. Like, you know, where do you draw the line when you say... No, not only do I not want you reading books authored by Jazz Jennings right. to my, my second graders, but I also don't want you to show films or movies or animated cartoons that, that glorify or that normalize this type of behavior. Right. They're really hitting on all the fronts to turn children away from truth, to turn them to the lie, and then when the child is confused almost to the point of beyond repair they step in with the remedy for that confusion and, and what they're doing is they're, they're making the children the enemy 
yes. of the parents. Uh, the That's parents right. seem like the enemy of the children because it's the whole thing of you guys are hateful. Yes. You guys, man, y'all hate everybody. And when it, what it is, you know, for the Christian especially, it's standing up on the word of God and That's what God right. has said. But that's turned around to look at at as being hateful. Yes. You know, so it's like making enemies out of you and your children. You know, here's the thing that I don't understand. Like, I know that there are lawmakers who are brilliant and they are thinking through the issues that yeah. are at stake. Right. They are thinking through the consequences of, you know, what kind of laws are passed uh, across this country. At the same time, they are still ignoring the facts. They're still ignoring the information that is available. Doesn't that say to you that this is spiritually driven? Yes, 100%. Like if you've got if you've got science on the side of protecting children, if you've got science on the side of not socially transitioning children, so-called transitioning children, because that's a lie. Right. You don't you don't transition children, right? But but if you've got science on the side of the the harmful effects of doing that to children, um, the the harmful hormone replacement therapies that they say is healthcare, but it's not. If you've got if you've got science on the side of no, we need to protect children. We are damaging them. Literally, we are damaging them. Then you think it's got to be wickedness that fuels this. Yeah. If if you know, like there was an article, and I didn't. We didn't talk about it on the air. Um, uh, Daily Wire ran the story, and I, I've had it up on my desktop here for a long time. Um, honestly, I just didn't know how to talk about it. And, and that's, I mean, you know, we talk about a lot of things here, but it was the revelation that there was an 18 year old, um, trans identifying male. So this is a woman who identifies as, or identified as a man who died as a result of having bottom surgery, but they used portions of this person's colon and it yeah. set up bacteria infection. And, right. and, and you think, like, when, when is that enough? Right. When is, when is that enough? And, when, and actually, I want to get it right. I think this is a, a man who was having reconstructive surgery to look like a woman. Okay. And I'm trying to be very careful here. Right. No, so, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, to even talk about this and think about it, it's like, man, you, uh, once again, you have man trying to be God and trying to and also saying that God was wrong. You know, and I think what at the core of this, it is spiritual. This this stuff is not just on a natural level like there is is inspired demonically like these, these mindsets and these agendas. That's not just that's not people just doing things. Right. There's spirits behind it. And I think that's why we have to look at it. And we have to, then we look at, you know, Ephesians 6. This, these are principalities. There are things that are going on that are causing people to be influenced in yes. that way. Yes. And as Christians, if we can see it that way, then we will be able to fight on a better plane. I think it should make us bolder. It like I, I think, you know, because here's what the, this is what I feel like the fear has been. I feel like the fear has been, I don't want to be hateful. Right. I don't want to be that person that doesn't love people and doesn't, quote unquote, accept people. I mean, come on, you know, all, all the buzz words. Right. But now that you have all of this information and all of this data on your side, I'm going actually the shoe has kind of shifted. Right. So so now it's on the other foot and to be hateful 
or to not care for people is to affirm this type of practice, is to say that this is okay. When we know that this is harming children, we know that it's harming adults, but if you're an adult, then, you know, we would suppose that you are well capable of making the right decisions. Man, That's I, debatable. I just but think about the word of God, calling good evil and evil good. Yeah. You know, it's like, the, man, this stuff was foretold. Like, God said that this would happen in the end times, you know. And it, it, there'll be inventors of, of wickedness and, and evil, you know. Like, so, we have to look at it as Christians and say, yes, it's spiritual. Yes, it's, it's by design yeah. from, from the enemy. But it should cause us to be bold because we have the answers. We know that the answer is in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and so that that puts the church in a different light. When I say the church, I mean the body of Christ. That, man, it's important that we as the church are the church. Yeah. Because that's the only solution is pointing people to Christ. Do you think that from a pastoral perspective, you as serving as an elder in your church, do you think that from a pastoral perspective that the body of Christ is being equipped, I would say at large, to handle these issues, to navigate these issues. Um, do, do you think there is a fear of addressing these issues from the pulpit, especially because they've been given the label of being political? And yeah. so pastors have believed the lie yeah. that they should not talk about these issues um, if they should happen to be defined as political, like as if they stop being a yeah. moral issue yeah. because they're political. Generally speaking, yes. I think there's a lack of teaching and because i think some pastors may just be um concerned on how you know people will take it and how it would affect their church yeah some may not have the knowledge to really delve into it and you know see it as like and then some may see it as political so they don't want to touch it at all like Mm -hmm. man but i I think more and more what, what i believe is happening more and more as well is that there are pastors who are getting it yeah. and are being bold and are beginning to say, hey, man, this is a, this, this is a gospel issue. Yes. You know, yes. it's not just it's not political. It's, it's a gospel issue. Yeah, because to be political does not mean that you are telling people here is who you should vote for. Right. But I think at a very basic level, if you're telling people here's what the issues are, here's where these people stand. This is what they want to push through. If they receive your vote, here's what they don't want to push through. I mean, if you are laying these things out, people yeah. can make decisions for but themselves. See, some some, of, some issues have has been have been deemed as this party is pushing this and this party is pushing that. And which okay, so so okay, mm-hmm. so to your point, and yeah. I want you to pick up with this. So then, automatically, we have been brainwashed and conditioned to believe something just based on the party line that yeah. is tagged to it, or the party name that is attached to it. Yeah, yeah. So we say this must be good because it's this group. This must <laughs> be bad because it's this group. Yeah. Right. And then there yeah. are some people who reverse them, whatever, right, wherever right. you stand, wherever they stand, stand the opposite. Yeah. But that, that has happened in the church. Yeah. You know, so you have pastors that's like, oh, that's a Republican or that's a Democrat or whatever it may be, you know. And so I think when we get back to the Bible mm-hmm. and say, no, this is a, a gospel issue, mm-hmm. then no matter what party you're submitting to or whatever, Man, we gotta we gotta go with what the word of God says. Yeah, we can't get off of the word of God, that, and that's what happens when you when you say that. Well, I can't mess with that because that's political. Yeah. What does the Bible say? About Amen. It? Amen. And, and whatever the Bible says, 
that's it. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, though. If I if I wanted to render people powerless, uh, speaking of Christians, if I wanted them to be ineffective, if I didn't want them to operate, I would say I would identify an area where they can't operate. And then I would tell them all of the things that I don't want them to get involved in are in that area. So you, and then I would I would say right. this is all. I'm so, oh sorry, we'd love to hear your moral response, wow. but it's political. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I know that the Bible, but this is political. As if there's a threshold there, and the Bible gets up to that threshold and then can't go over. Come on, right? right? Like we have the responsibility to be salt and light in every area. In every arena, everywhere that we that we are, you know, walking, every every territory that we are in or a part of, we have a responsibility to be salt and light. We can't expect wickedness to do that. That's right. That's wickedness right. is not going to be light. Like it's just not going to happen. And so when we retreat, which we have done, we have retreated for generations in this right. country and it's yielded the results that we see before us today. I am convinced that if the church gets back to that faithfulness to the word of God in every way that we operate, we will see a change in our nation. Amen. And not a moment before then. We're Amen. out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this